WGM live today out at Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. Come on out there under new ownership. And, of course, you can come on out and register to win a pair of tickets for Thursday's home opener, season opener for the Nashville Predators against Minnesota. Come on out and register. You've got two hours until 6 o'clock to come on out and score those tickets. Floyd, I don't know about you, but I had somewhere I had to be at 6 o'clock on Saturday, right? So I got somewhere I got to be. And it's about 5.15, 5.30, and I'm like, I'm probably going to be a little late to where I need to be at 6 o'clock on Saturday because I'm watching the end of Clemson, North Carolina, a game I didn't even know they were playing. I didn't even know was going to be on TV. And it's Clemson versus North Carolina, and it comes down to the wire, and Mac Brown, the old papaw, goes for two and doesn't get it. And you know what? I had no problem with that. But I walked away from that game, and even Dabo said it on the field after the game. It was like, boy, we better get better. You're right, Dabo. You better get better. And I watched the first half of Alabama. I watched Alabama fumble a punt. Ole Miss almost ran it in for a touchdown until Gene Steratore told me they couldn't do that. And Ole Miss was hanging tough with Alabama, and Ole Miss is terrible. And Ole Miss put 30 up on Alabama. Now, Alabama's having to score 50 because Ole Miss is terrible. But Saban, not happy after that win. So... We were told coming into the season it was going to be a rematch of Alabama-Clemson no matter what. Forget about all the other teams, maybe Georgia, but forget about most of the other teams, and it was a two- or three-horse race. Well, now I'm sitting here, I'm watching Oklahoma, and I know they're playing nobody's too, but they're killing everybody. I'm watching Ohio State win every game in the Big Ten, 55 to nothing. I'm watching Auburn. Every time we try to, you know, freshman quarterback, what are they? They house Mississippi State. We know what LSU is capable of doing. Floyd Reese, I think college football might have some competition this year. I think I am not ready to just declare Clemson and Alabama the champions this year. There is something missing from both teams, and I don't know what it is. Well, I didn't. I, I I watched the Clemson game too, and and that is not the Clemson team that you know won the won the crown. Um, I I and and actually is it appears to be a ways away. I mean, the quarterback is not playing well. The quarterback is, you know, we were, I remember saying it. You know, at the point in time, I said, you know, at this point in time, he may be the best quarterback in the country right now. I mean, he may not be the best quarterback on his team. I don't know that, but he is—he is not playing very good. Um, I mean, the two best teams I've seen all year long, and I haven't watched all the games. Is is LSU and Oklahoma? Two best teams I've seen. Ohio State doesn't get any love in there. I, I haven't seen much of Ohio State, but no. I mean, I, LSU and. And uh, Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma, in spite of what we want to say about Hurts, I mean, they go up and down the field. It doesn't matter. You could call it what his last name is. It doesn't matter. All those quarterbacks in that offense all put get the same production. Now, you know, a little bit better. You know, Hurts is running a little bit more and getting, you know, more yardage running. Uh, but, I mean, they just put up point after point after point. It doesn't matter. Like, I wonder if Lincoln Riley can put me at quarterback and still score 55 points a game. Oh, I don't now, even, what, I have a chance. what gets me with, with Oklahoma, and it's the same with Ohio State, is the competition is just so bad. 
I mean, like the I watched uh, I watched a little bit of the Oklahoma versus Texas Tech game. I mean, Texas Tech's horrible. Like they're god awful on defense. And so, yeah, I know Oklahoma's killing them like they're killing everybody. But let me see Oklahoma do it against Texas. I'm with you though. I think you can take see that in just a couple weeks. Well, I think you can take the best teams in the country, and we're going to see it in the SEC. There's five showdowns that are coming in the SEC. Although I'm not sure Florida really counts for me as a competitor like the other teams. But I think you can take Alabama, Clemson, and I'm still putting Clemson in there right now. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Auburn. And you can put them all in a bag and shake it up. And right now, you could literally pull out the national champion. And I'm not, I'm not willing to say that Auburn's not a contender right now. I know you're slow on Auburn. But yeah, every time we put get excited well, we put Auburn down, we put Auburn down before week one because they got a freshman quarterback going up against uh, Oregon. Beat them. Then we put them down because they went to A and M. Although A and M boy almost lost to Arkansas. A and M. They're going to A and M, and we're like a freshman quarterback is no way he's going to be able to play in at, at Kyle Field, and he goes out there and he beats them. Then they've got Mississippi State coming to town, and we're like Mississippi State's an okay team, and he annihilates them. He's going to Florida this week. If he beats Florida this week, then I don't know what else we can say about Auburn because Auburn's defense is legit. Yeah, he can. What we can say is let's wait till Alabama or let's wait till Georgia or let's wait till we play those kind of teams. I know that's but, what you say, but that would be like saying, you know, well, I'm not going to label any contender until they get to the Super Bowl. Well, no, duh. I mean, then if you get to the I Super Bowl, I don't even think you have to get to the Super Bowl. You just got to be now. If Auburn beats Alabama, then no. What be, if Auburn beats LSU in two weeks? Or, or there you go. That'd be a great contest, right there. And I think that game is in Baton Rouge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they, I, I think if they beat LSU and beat them soundly, that they would, they would probably jump into the conversation. So, how many title contenders do you think there are this year? Oh, I don't know. I don't. You know, again, for me, I mean, I saw, I saw Oklahoma. I've, I've seen Michigan. The Michigan's. Well, Michigan. I've seen all of those kinds of teams are out in my mind. I've seen Oklahoma quite a bit. I like them. LSU with the quarterback, you've got to like them. I mean, Alabama, in spite of what – and I, I haven't seen them an entire game. But, I mean, they go out – the quarterback goes out and puts up five, six, seven touchdowns every single week. Ooh, Saban was mad at him this week, though. So, Saban I mean, said it both at halftime and after the game. Saban said, "We're leaving money on the table," and he was talking about throws. Tua was missing wide open touchdowns. Yeah, if you and, Saban and, was and still throws curious. for six. Oh, Saban yeah, was so, so mad. He should have thrown for ten, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, I think I think they're legit. Clemson drops out of it for me after last week. You don't think there are title contenders still? I, I don't think there's. I mean, if they, like they're not as good as Oklahoma. The teams I've seen. Of the days I saw them, they're not as good as Oklahoma. They're not as good as LSU. They're not as good as Alabama. Who else have I seen? Well, you haven't. I guess you haven't seen Ohio State. But Ohio State. Went I haven't to, seen Ohio State. Ohio State went to Nebraska, and it was thirty-eight to nothing at halftime. Yeah, I don't see night. that. I don't. The the Big Ten's got nothing for me. There's there's no contenders there. No, maybe Ohio State. Well, then you're but not going mean, to see. Not, then you're not going to see Ohio State play anybody that matters until they get to the playoffs. There we go. See, Ohio State could run through that entire conference and devour everybody, and it wouldn't mean anything to me because there's nobody. I I've seen Michigan. I've seen Michigan State. I've the next best team in the, in the might be Iowa. 
and Iowa is not good enough. I was going to say, they kind of suck, don't they? No, they're not bad. But, I mean, Iowa's – I mean, Iowa's – But they're not Auburn. Iowa – no, Auburn – Iowa's a completely different team. You know, they're, they're different football. I mean, their offensive line, like Wisconsin – I did see Wisconsin. They they play good. I mean, really good. That running back is for real. And their offensive line is big. Iowa's offensive line is bigger than Wisconsin's. So, I mean, they are massive. So, Ohio State would have to play a team like that before you could get a real grasp. Who has Oklahoma played that's giving you an idea of whether or not they're any good? Uh, it doesn't matter to me with Oklahoma. I mean, it well, you can't say. I mean, you can't say that. It, well, Ohio State hadn't played anybody, so I can't count them. I haven't seen Ohio State. I said, I haven't seen them. They play, play. Wisconsin. They play Wisconsin in two weeks. There we go. That'll be a good good contest. They play Penn State, who's twelfth right now. Here's the here's the rest of their schedule. Uh, Northwestern next week. Uh, Wisconsin number eight. Wisconsin visits Ohio State. Then you've got Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, Michigan. Maryland and Rutgers. I mean, Alabama has not and played it. We were Michigan. a month into the season. Alabama hasn't played one single decent team. Like, I, I mean, I hear you on your whole, like, oh, the Big 12, the Big 10 stinks. So does the Big 12. Oh, you can't tell me. Well, I, oh, it doesn't matter that Oklahoma hasn't played anybody, but it does matter. They're going to play Texas in a couple of weeks. But they haven't played them yet. Well, no. Like, but that's my thing on Auburn. The one thing I'll say you have to say about Auburn. You have to say about Auburn. Auburn has played what are you teams. Gonna say? Who'd they play? Who'd they beat? Oregon. Mississippi State. Te- they went to Texas A&M and beat them? <laughs> that's okay. Texas A&M's not even in the top 25. They're 25th. Okay, tw- 25th. And there they went go. on the road and they beat them. Okay. Which we Who said else? on this show, we said there's no way a freshman quarterback is going on the road. I mean, to Kyle Field so far, they them. haven't beaten a team with a winning record. I'm sure Oregon has a winning record. I, I don't know what that record is. I just threw that out there. That's uh, yeah, exactly. It stick against the wall. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, we don't. We all know. I mean, Pac-12, and I'm a Pac-12 guy. I mean, there's nobody in Pac-12 that's a contender. No, but. That's so, still better than those teams Alabama's beaten. I don't care who you play in, Alabama's in best win is Duke. means nothing. Alabama's best win is Duke. I'll say this now. I mean, I, I could be completely wrong. I'm confident Alabama knows how to win. And I'm confident. You should listen to their they, coach. I, I, I'm confident that their when coach is not happy right playing now. The, the really big games, the games are really, really important. I'll, I promise you they will be there. Okay, so Floyd is just throwing the, the map over Alabama and says, they're Alabama, they'll be fine. They'll be contenders. I've, I've got That's an Alabama no take doubt. I want to get to next that I truly believe. Your thoughts on the college football season. Who are the real contenders? And is it, I mean, is Clemson really, you know, dropping as much as we think? 615-737-1025, 615 Jared of the GM, we are live again, hanging out here at Cool Springs Wines and Spirits, located at 1935 Mallory Lane in Cool Springs. Come on out this afternoon to win lower-level Preds tickets to the season opener Thursday against Minnesota. Jared and the GM, CSPN 1025 The Game and streaming on the Game Nashville app. I think you can look at the bye week, you know, a couple different ways and say it's a week off, or you can look at a bye week and say, you know, there's a lot of things we need to improve on. Uh, and that's certainly the approach that we want to take with our team. And, you know, I always say that 
if you win and don't play well, that's not really a good thing. Uh, that's something our team needs to understand and our team needs to know uh, so that, you know, we can improve. I think, you know, that people have to have, you know, the disposition that they want to go out and try to improve this week. And uh, we didn't obviously uh, play a complete game. We got exposed in some areas where we didn't play very well. Uh, and, you know, we got to get those things fixed and we got to play better. The players we have are the players that we have. They're all capable of playing better, so we want to work with them, and we're excited to work with them so we can get better. So um, we're, we're looking forward to, you know, what we need to do to try to improve as a team. Does that sound like a coach who's happy with his 59-31 win over Ole Miss last week? Let me ask you a question. After they beat a team that's not very good, have you ever seen Nick jumping up and down and thrilled no. to death? No, usually he's more upset the worse the team is. Absolutely. And Saban there, you heard what Saban said of, hey, I hope we don't realize, I hope we use the bye week to get better because when you win and you don't play well, I don't look at that as a good thing. And to Saban's point, look at the schedule. And this is where, this is my take on Alabama. Floyd just believes Alabama will be there because Alabama's always there, which I, generally speaking, am in agreement with. And I'm not saying Alabama's out. I'm just saying this. They play at Texas A&M. That's a win. They play Tennessee, Arkansas, and then comes LSU, Mississippi State, the, you know, the throwaway game against whoever WCU is, and then Auburn. And the point I'm trying to make is until they play LSU on November 9th, they will not be physically challenged in any game this season. You could argue Duke might be the most physical game they play until they get to LSU on November 9th. So you want to know what my crazy take is right now, which I don't even think is that crazy. I think there's a legitimate chance LSU goes into Alabama and beats them. I think there's actually a chance from what I've seen of LSU and what I have not liked from Alabama's defense, I think there's a chance LSU goes into Tuscaloosa and beats the brakes off of Alabama. Beats the brakes off? Goes in there and kicks them, smacks them square in the rear end. Okay. Like the national championship game last year. Well, maybe not that bad, but bad. And I think there's a chance they lose at Auburn. Now, that'll be a good game. That'll be a close game. But at that point, Bo Nix will have an entire season under his belt, so he's not really a freshman anymore when he plays Alabama. And that game is at Auburn where Alabama and Nick Saban have just had a heck of a time trying to win at. They just they struggle winning at Auburn, and I think it's because it's so hard to play at Auburn. So I think Alabama might lose twice this year. And a lot of that is because they don't they don't like it's not none of these games until they get to those two games are even remotely competitive opponents. You know, it would be like one thing where in the past, before they got to a really good Auburn team, they play an okay, they play a good LSU team. So you kind of build up, and or you play a big game week one against a good team. So you at least get the experience of playing against somebody good. They're not going to have that experience at all until they play LSU, and I think LSU's got a real shot with that quarterback to go on the road and beat them and maybe even beat them big in Tuscaloosa. And then... They'll have to win out in order to make the playoff, and I don't think it's a guarantee they go to Auburn and win. So we should just forget about Alabama? I'm not ready to say that. (laughs) I'm not ready to say that. So what are you saying? I mean, I have no idea what you're saying. I just think think there's a legitimate (laughs) chance Alabama loses two games this year. Well, then they're out. 
Oh, for sure. This would be the first year in the history of the playoffs so they would be that out. Alabama would be out. So you're saying Alabama could be out? I think there's a legit shot Alabama's out. Okay. Do you think there's a legit shot Alabama's out? No. You think they're going to beat LSU at home? Uh, if they lose, it'll be to LSU. You don't think they can go to Auburn and lose? I don't think they will. They went to Auburn two years ago and lost against the worst team, and they probably had a better team. I don't think they will. You are an Auburn hater. No, no. I'm not an Auburn hater at all. I just don't think. I'm not sure. The other freshman quarterbacks we've seen in all of these, for all these teams, the two of that the have been good and, uh, enough every week. It's three, four, five touchdowns. It's three, four, five. La- La- Lawrence has a freshman up and down the field, up and down the field. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Are you seeing that out of the Auburn kid? No. They which scored means, a lot of touchdowns against which means, Mississippi State. Let me say something. I got one for you. He will struggle this week versus Florida. You think Bo Nix will struggle? I think he will struggle versus Florida because Florida has a pass rush, and they are going to be all over him. So I think he struggles. What if he goes against Florida? What if he goes to Swamp and lights it up? Then he won't won't do it. You don't think so? Nope. I don't know, Floyd. Okay. I I can't. I doubted the kid too, and then he went out there with Cajonis of Steel against Oregon, won that game. He hasn't played a team that can put pressure on him. This team this week can put pressure on him. I so mean, I think Auburn's going to win that football game, even though it's it, on the oh, road. they should win it. But but I think the I think the young quarterback is going to see some stuff he has not seen from didn't go up and down the field as a true freshman they just hand the ball off to shoney michelle and the other, nick chubb the whole time which is what i would have done too <laughs> yeah, okay but they but, but however you get up and down the field but georgia wasn't just throwing the ball georgia wasn't scoring 55 Who's, points who were the, the, the highly touted freshman quarterbacks over the last couple of years that people talked about left and right from Tua, Tua, no, Tua Lawrence. and Lawrence. Tua didn't even play until the last game. Two, two, it doesn't make it. Well, that was his second year then. He started that was his playing. First year. Okay, his first year he didn't play. He played in the national championship game. Yeah, and the second touchdown. year. Then his second year is when he started playing that he lit it up. I mean, he's going up and down the field at Lawrence, up and down the field with touchdowns. And so I don't. I mean, I just think if you're if you're a freshman quarterback. And I've never been one to be real excited about freshman quarterbacks. But we are seeing freshman quarterbacks come in and light it up throwing the ball. And those were those are two of them. I'm and I just Alabama. don't see that. I don't see any of that from Knicks. As much as I, I was impressed with Knicks versus A&M. But he, he hasn't played a defense that's going to pressure him. And so I'll be interested to see how he reacts. Let's go to Scott. Who's up next here on the college football? Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Scott. Jared, I, I want to agree with you about Alabama losing twice. Um, here's the thing, though. Uh, LSU let Vanderbilt score, what, 30-something points on them? Uh, what, are, what are two of those four wide receivers going to hang on LSU's defense? I mean, I mean they're going to They're going to light I, them up like a pinball machine. So, I think... I mean, I think, thank you for your call. I think LSU, you know, kind of took the pressure off of Vanderbilt a little bit there, Vanderbilt scoring. I think LSU's defense is okay. 
it's not like a dirty LSU defense like you know we've seen over the last couple of years. But I think LSU's got a good defense. They have as good as much as I like the quarterback at LSU. Uh, I think, um, and and he is a he you know he has played some really really good games, but they that defense hasn't seen anybody like Tua and like you know guys of that caliber. Although Ellinger's pretty good at Texas. Yeah. He, Let's go to Steven. He's not even in the same league. You can't even speak about him in the same breath. Steven, thank you for calling Jared. They haven't played a quarterback like Joe Burrow at Alabama. Go ahead, Steven. Hey, uh, Jared. Um, you know what you're talking about. When's the last time Nick Samus lost two games in a season? Okay. You're talking about Tua, who is the number one run. He's a number one quarterback in the country as far as I'm concerned. And a lot of people are concerned he's better than uh, Jalen Hurd. That's why Jalen Hurd had to leave. We got the best wide receiver. You know, uh, there's nobody better than Judy. The defense is blowing people up. We're running uh, 50 points on people. We're only playing. We're only playing. By Alabama standards, Stephen, I'll agree with you on everything except that by Alabama standards, this defense is not up to par. I have to disagree with you. I mean, it's not the greatest one we've had. They can't tackle. They can't. They're not stopping. This is not a Nick Saban. Steven, thank you for your call. This is not a Nick Saban Alabama defense. I mean, where Alabama just locks you up and shuts you down. And This is not that. I mean, no offense. No offense to this defense. But even Saban's not happy with what he's seeing from his defense. You know, they're they're not tackling. They're giving up way too many yards. Now, look, Judy is the best wide receiver in the country. In fact, the only person who might challenge Judy for best wide receiver in the country might be on his own team. Well, that and then T. Higgins at Clemson's pretty good. But, like, I I hear you. Tua's going to be first player taken in the draft. Judy might be the best player taken in the draft. Nick Saban doesn't usually lose two games in a season. I hear all of that, but the Alabama defense is not the Alabama defense we're used to seeing, at least not yet. Well, the Alabama defense we're used to seeing has been the number one defense in the country. And they're not the number one defense in the country. Okay, so So maybe there's two or three. Trevor Maddox, (laughs) we'll ask Trevor this. Fall off. (laughs) We'll ask Trevor if Trevor believes Alabama can lose two games this year. We'll get into that with Trevor Coming up next, Jared and the GM, live from Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. Again, come on out and register to win those Preds tickets for Thursday's home opener. Jared and the GM, it's ESPN 1025 again. Lloyd does not think Alabama can lose twice this season. Is that a fair statement to say? Uh, I would be shocked, yes, absolutely. Well, are you counting the championship game as as one? No. You're talking about regular season. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be surprised. No, I mean, I think if they get to, if it's them in Georgia in the SEC title game, I mean, I think that that's a, you know, they could easily lose the SEC championship game, and I think they could lose the national championship game to any, you know, whether it's Ohio right. State. Right. We're talking regular season. I mean, that's so. You know, no, I don't think they can lose twice regular season. Okay, where we are right now. So before we get to Trevor, and before we actually get to this game. If you had to pick, the game is being played in at Tuscaloosa. So you've got LSU at Alabama in about a month. Who does your heart favor right now? Oh, I don't know. 
Ask me in a month. I'm asking you now. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough of Alabama. I mean, I've seen LSU, and LSU impressed the heck out of me. So I'll say that much. So to me, I I think, I do believe where we sit today, LSU is going to beat Alabama. I think there's a chance LSU beats Alabama down. And then I would not rule out Auburn. Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Analyst, joins us. Trevor, we're going over how many people are real contenders. We thought it was going to be two coming into the season. It looks like it's about six or seven true contenders in college football this year. We got into the discussion of Alabama. I think there's a chance, Trev, that Alabama loses twice this season at home versus LSU and on the road at Auburn, and Floyd says he would be shocked to see that. Could you see Alabama losing twice this year? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. But I can see that because at Auburn is a tough game for them. Auburn is a good matchup for Alabama. Their defense can stop the run without having to commit extra guys to the line of scrimmage, especially against an Alabama team that's not running the ball very well right now. Certainly they're not dominant. And they have a deep, experienced secondary that can't really match up with that Alabama receiving core, I don't think anybody can really match up, but at least they can put a speed bump in front of them while the pass rush uh, is working. So I think that's one of the reasons that Auburn is, is tough. And then LSU, I mean, I think Alabama's a better team than LSU. That's the one that would really surprise me if LSU is able to win that game. But you never know what's going to happen when you've got an experienced quarterback like Joe Burrow with that receiving core going up against a defense that's playing so many freshmen because of injuries. So it could happen. It's more likely that Bama loses to Auburn, less likely that they lose to LSU. Mm. So let me give you a list of teams here. Tell me who, if I stop me if I say their name, and, and stop me if you don't think they're a national championship contender. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, LSU, stop. Auburn. Yeah, the only one there I think that's not a national championship contender is LSU. The rest of them, I think, are. The reason is that once you get away from the LSU passing game, they're ordinary. Their offensive line and running game doesn't inspire. The defense, which is usually fantastic, doesn't inspire. And I think that because of that, when you've got question marks in two such huge areas compared to the teams that they're facing, and everybody's got question marks. But I think because of those things, I would not yet say that LSU is a national championship contender. Now he did. He didn't mention Ohio State, and he didn't mention mention Georgia. Oh, I forgot Georgia. I did count Ohio State. Did you mention Ohio State? Yeah. Okay. What about Georgia? Georgia should they absolutely. Be, they should be in the discussion. Yeah, you know, more than just in the discussion. I mean, Georgia That's absolutely. Okay. Uh, but right now, my top four teams, my tape study top four. So this is not quality wins. This is not resume or strength of schedule or all that other worship at the altar of the almighty spreadsheet stuff. But just watching them on tape today, every one of these teams I'm about to mention has a flaw. And a lot of this will change depending on who is able to address their flaws and progress and who is not. But today, my top four teams are number one, Ohio State. Number two, Oklahoma. Number three, Auburn. And number four, Clemson. I don't have Alabama in my top four right now just watching them on tape. You pick Clemson over Alabama? Right now I would. Uh, And part of that is a bit of an extrapolation that 
that I do think that they will be able to address their flaw right now, which is the offense isn't running all that well. And their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, is not looking like the world beater that he came into the season uh, carrying those expectations. So, uh, But, see, Alabama's got their issues as well. And so I would put... I would put them at number four, although that number four spot is really fluid because Georgia uh, you know, could very well be there. I think they'd be the next one, and, and Clemson edging them just by a slight hair. Um, and then Alabama would be contending for that as well. I, I probably watched the wrong game because I watched them play North Carolina this yep. weekend. Yeah, And, and let me say impressed. this. They were very average. Yep. Very average. Yep, you're right. You're totally right. What'd you see? Why did they look average to you? Oh, quarterback was awful. I mean, well, quarterback. Trevor Lawrence. He's supposed to be the greatest I know. college quarterback since John Elway. I know. And and it was so funny because I was telling Jared, you know, when we watched him last after the the championship game, we were talking about quarterbacks and all that kind of stuff, and I came out with the best quarterback I've seen this this year is Trevor Lawrence. You know, who's a freshman, who's not going to come. And then I watched him play this weekend against North Carolina. And I'm going to tell you what now. I was well, he's, so shocked. Yeah, he's already got more interceptions than he did all year last year. Part of it is that they're not protecting him as much and they're allowing him to do more. But part of it, too, is that defenses have seen what he does well. They've seen what reads he likes to throw fast. And they have jumped on those reads, and they fooled him a little bit. Really, it's the same kind of thing. It's karma in a way, because that's what the Clemson defense did to Tua in the national championship game last year when they got those two quick interceptions, one return for a touchdown, right? They saw what Tua liked to do. They set it up, and then they jumped it. And really, both of those interceptions that the Clemson defense got against Alabama's Tua Tango-Vailoa were unsound defenses. As a matter of fact, if Tua would have hesitated just for a moment instead of jumping on the read that he likes to jump on, one of them would have been a touchdown for Alabama, and the other one would have been a big play for Alabama. But not he saw the read, he let it fly, and then they sprung the trap. Well, that's happened a couple of times to Trevor Lawrence of Clemson this year. And so, you know, I expect that he will adjust, but it's an adjustment that all quarterbacks have to make. When you come out and light things up, defenses will eventually see what you're doing, make that difficult, and force you to go to plan B. And the question is, can you adjust to plan B? And so far, Trevor Lawrence has has struggled a bit that way. Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Analyst, uh, our guest. Going back to your tape study with the four teams you like, uh, and this is, to me, when I watch Alabama right now, Alabama's defense to me looks like it's a mess compared to what I'm used to seeing from Nick Saban's defenses. But their games, in my opinion, are unwatchable against teams. I feel like Tua and Judy and those guys go out there against South Carolina and they just kind of throw their hands in the air like, all right, let's score a couple, a couple touchdowns and pack it in. I mean, a same Oklahoma has played nobody. Ohio State has not played anybody, in my opinion, of note. So how, when you watch the film, can you look at Ohio State and say, that's the number one team in the country, and then Alabama, who has not played anyone of note, you can say, I don't even have them in the top four? Well, the short answer is, it's hard. It's hard because of that, <laughs> right? You can see kind of where they've improved. For example, Ohio State against Indiana. Indiana has been a team that has given Ohio State's defense fits for several years. Ohio State's beat them. But Indiana has ripped off a ton of big plays. Well, Ohio State's defense 
suffocated Indiana in the game that they played this year. And you can see the differences between last year and this year, the things they're doing differently. Indiana's not a world beater, but you can see changes in the way that Ohio State is playing the game, both schematically and from a standpoint of execution. And then on the offense, you can also see differences. For example, the last several years, the, the offensive line for Ohio State, in my opinion, has been a liability. They have been sluggish. They have not sustained blocks. They've put guys in the NFL, which really kind of astonishes me. They've had a couple of really good centers. But guards and tackles look like they're playing with their feet, you know, their legs knee-deep in peanut butter, right? That's what they've looked like. This year, they look more quick. They look more relentless. They look more violent. And they sustain their blocks better. Now, they'll need to do that against the better defenses, and they've got Michigan State this week. So I'll, I'll have a chance to look at them and see if their improvement in execution carries over to executing against a higher caliber of defensive player. But for now, that's how I look at it, and I can tell that, hey, these guys I think are better than they were last year. Trevor Maddox, ESPN College Football Analyst, is our guest. Coming up next, Trev, ESPN.com says Jeremy Pruitt is on the hot seat. What do we think of that? Plus, Trevor's reaction to the latest in California, in which they're saying, hey, let's pay the players. That's coming up next. Jared and the GM live from Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. It's ESPN 1025, the game. Jared and the GM, we are live at Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. Trevor Maddich, ESPN college football analyst, is with us. Trevor, ESPN Plus put out Power 5 coaches on the hot seat. Adam Rittenberg wrote this about the SEC, talking about different coaches. The the one coach in the SEC on the hot seat, Jeremy Pruitt. He writes, despite a poor end to Pruitt's debut season, there was genuine optimism on Rocky Top for 2019. Tennessee had a favorable non-conference schedule and returned promising quarterback Jarrett Garantano. Pruitt also was making gains in recruiting. A 1-3 start has sent Tennessee into a tailspin and put Pruitt squarely on the hot seat. After the messing and embarrassing search that ended with Pruitt's hiring, the last thing Tennessee wants is another coaching transition. The possibility of athletic director Philip Fulmer taking over as coach when the schedule eases up would be an especially bad look given Fulmer's influence in Pruitt's hiring. According to industry sources, he writes, Fulmer wouldn't hesitate to coach again as he remains bitter about how he lost the gig in 2008. A preferred path is getting Pruitt to year three when he'd have to truly break through. If not, Fulmer could step in for a moderate period and hire a coach in waiting. None of this would look good or inspire much optimism outside of the Tennessee diehards. Trevor, do you agree with Adam Rittenberg that Jeremy Pruitt is squarely on the hot seat now after a 1-3 and three start? Not now. Not now. I think uh, as the season goes on, it'll feel a lot worse because there's only two games remaining that they'll be favored in. That's UAB and Vanderbilt at the end of the year. And that Vanderbilt game is no lock as we've seen the last several years. So this season is about to get a lot uglier. They have a 2.6 chance to beat Alabama. 2.6, right? But and you, when you watch this game on tape, you can see things that aren't coaching that are the problem here. And if the coach isn't the problem, not yet anyway, then, or at least if the coach has not yet had time to show that he can't fix the problems, then you don't put the coach on the hot seat. 
you know, for example, I was just watching the, the Florida-Tennessee game in advance of the Florida-Auburn game, right? And I'm watching the, the five-star true freshman offensive lineman play. They move them around a little bit to different spots. But Darnell uh, Wright and Wanya Morris, those guys, they're big guys. You know that they really want to get it done. But Florida just manhandled them. Just They're just not ready to play. And yet um, they are guys that, especially Wright, that they're counting on. And right now they're just not ready for prime time. Is that the coach's fault? Well, the coach is investing in those guys to get them ready for next year and the year after that. But you take your lumps and you take them in a major way doing what they're doing now. There was a play on third and five in the, early in the fourth quarter where Garantano was sacked. So he takes the snap. He looks to his right. He's got Ty Chandler, the running back, on a flare to the right. And then he looks downfield. And when he looked downfield, he had to reacquire what the coverage was doing. Well, if he had looked downfield first instead of looking at his flare – because he knew that the flare behind the line was there. He didn't have to look at him. He would have seen the linebacker that was supposed to cover Chandler was late. Instead, he never saw that materialize. Everybody else was covered. He could have thrown to Chandler after that, and he could have picked up the first down easily. Instead, he ended up getting sacked. Well, the coaches didn't tell him to do that. He just, for some reason, his brain went completely nuts. And so right now the question is, will, is this coaching staff the right one to develop the young guys like those offensive linemen and to develop the next quarterback? And I think with the guys that they've got on that staff and their history of developing players, I think they deserve a chance and not to have to be on the hot seat right now. And I think to be on the hot seat is wrong. Now there is a lot of drama thrown in there with uh, Phil Fulmer. A lot of people are saying that he wants to fire the coach so he can be the coach. Well, I, I, you know, that, we'll see how that plays out, but that just adds, I think, a lot of intrigue that isn't fair to the staff. Trev, the, let's get to the California law. Your thoughts? Man. Well, the California law. Okay, so the governor just signed the law that says that student-athletes in California can be paid for their name, image, and likeness, and they can have agents to represent them in selling their name, image, and likeness. Now, that means not that the teams, the universities pay them. That's not what it is. It is that if outside entities want to pay them for autographs or for appearances or commercials or anything like that, they're free to do it. But what that does is it opens up absolute free agency in college sports. And I think it will be worse in basketball than it is in football. But what they'll be able to do is have sham memorabilia boosters say, look, hey, we'll pay you $100,000 if you come to this university, and, and all you have to do is sign uh, autographs for an hour every year, and uh, we'll pay $100,000 the first year, and we'll see you after that, right? Well, the, the likes of Tua and Trevor Lawrence and the biggest names would be worth that much the left guard is not worth that much in terms of pure memorabilia, but he's worth that much on the team. And there's no way to know who's getting overpaid and who isn't. So you've opened the door to pay recruits, and then you've opened the door to pay for performance. Because then you can say, look, if you grade out at a certain amount, if you score a certain amount of touchdowns, hey, we'll have another autograph session. We'll pay you another $20,000, right? Now, I don't know that that's necessarily bad, because, you know, to say no to that, you have to tell a player that's worth getting paid that much, that he can't get paid that much because eh, we don't think it's right, right? So I have trouble telling him no. At the same time, it would absolutely create professional free agency 
amongst every college football and basketball team that has boosters that can afford to pay. And and the part that concerns me is even in the NFL where we pay players, there's a cap to it. In college, there is no cap. So if I am literally Boone or somebody of that ilk and I decide I want to go buy a national championship team, I can do that. You can. And right now, people say, hey, the rich will get richer. I I don't think so. I think the teams at the top are already getting the players that they want for the most part. And by the way, let's not kid ourselves and say that there are not briefcases full of cash that are being passed around now. Thank you. There'll just be a lot more of it because I'm sure that there are a lot of legitimate business people that would not pay players under the table because it's it's illegal, it's unethical. But that if it became legal and ethical, they would jump in and do it in a heartbeat. So when you look at the Alabamas and Texas and Clemson and all the rest of them that have large booster bases, Clemson actually would be fighting an uphill battle on that, by the way, compared to the others. But that's not going to change a whole lot there. Where it will change it is in the smaller schools, especially the group of five. Let's say that that, uh, Middle Tennessee has a booster who's super rich, I mean super rich, and decides, you know, I want, I want a team that can go to the Final Four every year in basketball. So he just starts paying the, the top recruits massive amounts of money to come and quote-unquote sign autographs and do appearances for their name, image, and likeness, right? And he, if, if, you know, Duke says, okay, our boosters will pay you $200,000 to come to Duke, and uh, the Middle Tennessee guy says, okay, we'll pay you 400000 and we get four or five of those guys in there. And imagine what shoe companies might be able to do with that. I mean, I don't think they're supposed to be able to hire them directly, but, you know, things can happen under the table um, that are already happening, but more of it will happen. The point is that you'll have a small school that will all of a sudden have an outsized um, ability to, to compete. Take a look in football. What if a, a team in Conference USA has a booster that decides to, to out bid Alabama and Texas for some key players that turn that team into a a top 10 team every year, well, what does that do to the rest of their conference? And they can't afford that because they don't have that booster. These are unintended consequences that we'll see how they play out. But again, the way I look at it is the schools are not paying for this in California, and the players would get what they deserve on the open market, and how can I say no? Trevor Maddich with us. Trevor, I don't believe this will change anything. Honest to God. I I don't think it'll, I mean, yeah, maybe the kids will get money and maybe that'll make things awkward or it'll be something. But I, I this idea that college football is going to become the wild, wild west, I just am not buying. I just don't see that playing out. And uh, I, I do not see this changing how Johnny Joe sits at home on a Saturday and watches college football. Uh, probably not. But there will be individual disruptions that are massive. Like I said, with some of the unexpected schools, all of a sudden have someone to outbid everybody else. And so things like that will happen. You have to ask yourself, is that bad? You know, I don't so, know that it is bad necessarily. You know, what, what but right now the NCAA is kicking and screaming, trying to keep this from happening. Uh, and Barry Alvarez has said that uh, he's the, the former coach and athletic director now at uh, Wisconsin. He said that he wouldn't want to schedule any schools from California because they're not playing by the same rules that Wisconsin has to play by. If right. California law allows for this and Wisconsin law does not, 
then he doesn't want to schedule those teams because they have an unfair advantage. And so you have all kinds of other things that could kick in. Oh, cry me a river, Barry Alvarez. And And I worry about what, what, what would keep me as a zillionaire alum, what would it keep me from going to Tua and saying, Tua, I'm at BYU and I need a big-time quarterback. You know, I can get a couple autograph things for you for, you know, half a million bucks a piece. Yeah, you no, you're right. That would change well, the transfer portal now, wouldn't it? You're going to have a freshman come the whole in, thing. play well, enter the portal and look back at his old team and say, look, I'm, I just got an offer for $200,000 to go exactly. to our rival. You want to match it? That exactly. kind of thing. Now, but then there may be with these agents, when they sign these quote-unquote memorabilia deals, name, image, and likeness, there may be a clause that says if you take this money, you cannot enter the transfer portal. So there's a lot of things that we don't know about. But, Floyd, you make the right point because your UCLA Bruins right now are you know, not talked about a lot in terms of good things in college football. <laughs> what if you were a gazillionaire and you oh, could yeah. buy a bunch of players and you wanted to? Well, you could take UCLA and make them awesome. Well, and, and if you're an L.A. kid, I mean, why would you leave to go to Oregon? Why would you leave to go to Washington? You know, yeah. there's an alumni well, that are saying, wait a minute now. You can stay right in town here. You can be all your friends. You'd be driving this brand-new Lamborghini. You've got a pocket full of money. You know, what? why would you ever want to go to Oregon? One of the biggest recruiting stories of this last recruiting cycle was how many of the top California kids left the state, including the oh, number yeah. one the number one recruit in the nation, defensive end, Kayvon Thibodeau, did not see, he's an L.A. guy, or not L.A., but a Southern California guy. He went to Oregon. And you are right. If California can do this and other schools can't, uh, it will skew things. That's why the NCAA is fighting it so hard. Yeah. Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Analyst. Trev, quickly, your prediction on Auburn and Florida this week. I think uh, it'll be a low-scoring game that Auburn will win. I think uh, Auburn's defense can do a little bit more than Florida's can, even though Florida's defense is getting healthy now. That falls in line with Floyd's theory that Bo Nix is going to get pressure for the first time in his life on Saturday. Trevor, we appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Trev. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. Trevor Maddich, ESPN college football analyst. Mariota had his best game of the season on Sunday against Atlanta. Coming up next, do fans need to maybe – Put their attention on Mariota somewhere else. We'll discuss. Plus, Delaney Walker will join us in the next hour. So get excited about that. Jared and the GM, we are live from Cool Springs Wines and Spirits, where you can come on out and register to win those Preds tickets. It's ESPN 1025 The Game.